This is episode number 19 of the Raising Mums podcast. Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Good morning, Salam. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Raising Mums. And today's episode I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking about screens. Um, children and screens, are they a help or a hindrance to the education of your child? Um, and so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. I'm the founder of OurMuslimHomeschool.com. I'm the host of this podcast, Raising Mums. And I'm a mum of four here in the UK and we homeschool our children. And these episodes come out every week on a Sunday at 10 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And they stream live on Facebook and on Instagram. I can see lots of you hopping on already. Um, so... They stream live and then at the end I upload them onto YouTube, I make them into a podcast called Raising Mums. So you can go back and you can review this, if you've got to hop in and out that's totally fine, you can do that. Um, you can watch it again later, it's all there for you to replay. And as we go along feel free to talk to one another, ask questions, you know, put your opinions into this discussion as well, I want to hear what you think because this, I hope, is going to be a very balanced discussion about screens. It's not going to weigh either way. I want input. I'd love input from you guys. Walaikum salam and Fatima. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, yeah, and I will try and make time for questions at the end, uh, inshallah. But I think this is going to be quite a long one because there's a lot to be said about screens. Um, so if there's time, I will answer questions at the end, inshallah. And tag your friends. If you're on Facebook, you can tag them in the comments. And if they're here, they're online, they can join in live and on Instagram I think you can just swipe one way and then that will let you tag your friends as well and they can join in if they want to. Um, so before we get into this discussion about screen time I want to introduce the sponsor to today's episode and it's wordunited.com. Wordunited.com sell um, books and educational resources and toys. They also publish books and today they've asked me to highlight their books and flashcards for learning English and foreign languages including Arabic French and more. Um, their best-selling Let's Read series helps children learn and practice reading. Um, it covers virtually all the sounds in the English language step by step. It's very colourful and it has real life photographs in it that are designed for those kids who are easily distracted. Um, and you can buy those books individually or you can buy the full series. That same set, the Let's Read, covers Arabic as well and they cover every single sound in the Arabic language with hundreds of words to practice on. Um, and Word United titles, those Let's Read series, are on special offer at the moment. There's 40% off um, for a limited time. And if you use the, um, the discount code WU4HOMEED, you get an extra 10% off if you're a home educator. So that's WU4HOMEED to get an extra 10% off. So to find those Let's Read series on their website, you go to wordunited.com and in that little search area, you type Word United, one word, Word United, and you'll get all of those books up and they're excellent. We have the full set for French, Arabic and for English and they're wonderful. I've done a review of them and I'll leave the link for that review on the coordinating blog post that goes with that if you want to see my opinion on that series, but I would recommend them. I would recommend them, especially for those of you who have uh, children who learn visually or children who are easily distracted. Um, so yes, I will leave that on the blog post that goes along with this. And before we get into this, I can still see people popping on. Um, I want to remind you that I've got some courses coming out. Homeschooling courses will be coming out soon in a couple of months. And I mentioned it in the last video, which was awesome. Um, and these, these um, homeschooling courses are for those of you who want to start homeschooling or those of you who need to revamp it. You just want to start over. Um, and those of you who want to incorporate more of Charlotte Mason's philosophy into your homeschool. And also for those of you who just are thinking about homeschooling and want to know a little bit more about it. So if you might be interested in any of those uh, topics, you will want to be on that course. Uh, get your name on my mailing list. Now, last week I mentioned it and hundreds of you put your names down, put your email down, which is amazing. I think more than 400 of you. But only a handful of you um, clicked on that confirmation email that I sent out afterwards. So no worries. If, if you 
put your name down, if you put your email down to find out more about the courses, but you didn't click on the confirmation email, don't worry. I don't expect you to go through all your emails now and look through your junk folder. It's going to be too much of a hassle. Just put your name and your email back into that, um, back on that little form that I have. So there's a link here on Facebook. It says, uh, find out more about upcoming courses and there's a link. Just enter your email there and it should say subscription confirmed and you're in, you're done. And I will send you more information, you know, no obligation, nothing at all, just more information about the courses when they're ready to be launched. And same for you guys on Instagram. If you're interested in the upcoming homeschooling courses, just go to my profile and the link will be there. It says upcoming courses. You just enter your email address and it should then give you a little tick and say subscription confirmed. Okay, so just do that. Do that for me if you last week gave me your email address but you didn't click on this the confirmation email. Right, all that's done. Let's get on with this episode today. Right, so we're talking about screens. As we get into this, I want you to know that I'm right there with you. Okay, I am like you. I have four kids, four young kids um, who are at home with me. They range from three months to three months old to nine years old. And so I am in the trenches with you. I know the struggles that you are going through, especially with regards to screens. Um, and I want you to know that there is a way through it. And I've come out the other side. And I want to share some of my, um, some of the lessons I've learned from the years of experience I have as a mother, as a homeschooler. Um, that there are ways to encourage your children to have a healthy relationship with screens. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you've come to this episode, if you've been drawn here today, it's probably because you have seen a negative result of screens in your own family. Um, you've seen that maybe your children get really hyper after screens. Maybe they get really irritable. Maybe they even have a meltdown um, when their screens are taken away. You know, that has happened to me. That's happened to me. Maybe they've learned bad words, maybe they've learned some bad habits from the things they've been watching. Um, maybe all they seem to care about these days is their screen, is getting onto their screen again. That's all they talk about, that's all they care about. Maybe your children are even reluctant to leave the house because of their screen. They just want to be on that screen, TV, iPad, whatever it is. Um, and I know that you feel guilty about it. I know that there's a guilt inside of you and you want to do better for your children because I know the people who watch this, these episodes, I know the people who are drawn to raising mums are not only women who love their kids because 99% of mothers love their children, but you are one step above. You are mothers that not only love your kids, but you take it further. You're very intentional about the way you parent your children. You're very mindful about the way that they're raised even if that means going against the status quo, even if that means doing something that is very anti-cultural, like screens, you're willing to take the necessary steps and do those tough, make those tough decisions if you need to. That's why you're here, because you are intentionally parenting your children. Um, and so, as I said before, when we go into this, I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I'm not coming from, I'm up here in some imaginary place and you're down here. That's not what this is. I'm in there with you, okay? I understand. This is coming from a place of understanding and compassion. Um, I use screens. I'm talking to you now on a screen. This business is run through screens. Um, my children still use screens. And I know that confusion that you face. I know the guilt that you feel. Um, but I've spent a lot of time researching this topic, um, informing myself more about it. And I want to share that with you. So screens have both a positive and a negative impact on the family, on your children. Um, what do you want me to start with? Do you want me to start with the positive or do you want me to start with the negative? You, you tell me what you want me to do. Type it in the screen and let me know what you want. Um, you know, because my, as I said before, my children do use screens and I use screens, but we have limited the amount of time. We've also put strict restrictions on, on how they use their screens. So somebody's saying they want to start with a negative. Are we in agreement? Should we start with negative first? Get that out of the way and then move on to positive? What do you think? Um, right. Oh, we've got your mix, positive and negative. Okay, I'm just gonna go with negative because it's up here on my screen, okay? So, when it comes to negative aspects of using technology for your children, I have not, I'm not gonna tell you my own opinion until I tell you the facts. So these are statistics 
These are um, things that have been proven through science, through research. If you want links to where all this has come from, it'll be on that blog post if you want to find out more information. Okay, I'm not um, just sharing my opinion. These are hardcore facts. So we know from our own experience that children are using screens more and more often. You know, if we think back to your own childhood, how often were you on a screen or watching TV? Hardly ever. I mean, I guess I'm quite old, but, you know, we had a couple of hours in the evening when children's TV was on and that was it. Or we, we never had smartphones. We spent our free time playing, playing with our siblings, playing outside. There was no screens. I didn't get a mobile phone until I was about 16 years old. Um, and even then it was one of those flip ones. It was black and white. There wasn't even predictive text. Basically, I used pay phones if I needed to call somebody out of the house. You guys, most of you grew up in the 80s and 90s and you're the same. But if you look around now at how many children have gadgets, have their smartphones or tablets, it's astonishing. So a quarter of children under the age of two have their own tablet. A quarter, one third of three to five year olds also have their own tablet. A third. It's mind blowing. Children under the age of 14 are spending an average of 23 hours a week on their smartphones or gadgets. That's almost an entire day. I mean, it's almost two full waking days, really, isn't it? 23 hours on average. Um, toddlers aged three and under spending more than an hour online. And that rises to two hours or more for a third of five to six year olds. So it is widespread, okay? We know that as adults, we're using technology and smartphones and tablets a lot more, but even toddlers are using it. A third of three to five-year-olds have their own tablet. So we're seeing this rise in, in the use of technology. But then if you look at the people who created that technology, what do you see? Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all those giants in the technology world, what have they done? They don't allow their kids to have screens. Their homes are tech free. So let's think about this. The people who know the most about technology, who created it, who created Apple and the people, the masterminds behind that, they don't let the people they love the most near it. Even they send their kids to schools that are virtually tech free. They're the Waldorf schools in, um, in California. So what does that say? So let's say you guys, you created this sandwich. You guys know I like food analogies, right? You created this sandwich and it was phenomenal. Everybody loved it. It was delicious. You ended up selling it in the supermarkets. It was flying off the shelves. Everyone wants to eat this incredible sandwich that you've made, right? But you won't let your children near it. You won't let your, the people you love touch it. You don't want them anywhere near the sandwich. What does that tell you about that sandwich? It tells you there's something dangerous in it. There's something harmful in it, that the person who made it won't let it near anybody that they love. So the people who created the smartphones, the Apple, all of those things don't let the people they love use them. It says a lot. As technology is increasing, the use of technology is increasing and children become more savvy in it, we're also seeing changes in other statistics. We're seeing less reading. Okay, so these statistics are from the UK that I'm putting out here. They're not America. Um, in the States, the, the, they have the same problem, if not worse. These are UK stats, okay? So the amount of time that children spend on the internet is increasing, but the amount that they're reading is decreasing. So in 2017, they did a survey. For children aged five to seven, of those who regularly read, there was only 42% of children regularly read. That means 58% of children between five and seven do not regularly read. And that includes not just books, comics, magazines, anything. Isn't that sad? Children aged 12 to 15, that dropped to 30%. So only 30% read regularly. That means 70% of young teenagers do not read, including magazines, including comics and those kinds of things. Um, and it seems like that statistic is only increasing. Nine million adults, nine million adults in the UK are functionally illiterate. They cannot read at a level to function in the modern workplace. Uh, one in four British five-year-olds, a quarter of British five-year-olds, cannot read basic vocabulary. Now, as a homeschooler, that doesn't bother me because I've always said that children learn to read at their own pace and not all children at five are reading. But 
three quarters of working class boys from a white background are failing to achieve the benchmark set by the government at 16 years old. Three quarters of young white boys can't reach that standard at 16 years old. That is going to have repercussions for the rest of their lives. Um, so we've got, so we're seeing a rise in technology. We're seeing a decrease in reading, and that has huge, huge impact. Um, I don't have time to go into it today, but we can do that another day if people are interested. Mental health is another big one. Okay, so research has found that children, that the kids who use social media regularly have a 27% increase in depression. Also, the statistics show that there's an increased rate of suicide amongst children who use their phones for at least three hours a day. We're putting our children at a huge amount of risk, these statistics are suggesting, by letting them use phones. And I think this is definitely more of an issue for older children, for teenagers especially. So we've got an increase in technology, a decrease in reading, an increase in mental health issues. There's also a reduction in physical health. So the chairman of the National Obesity Forum, he says that in the UK, only a fifth of boys are getting an hour of exercise a day. Only one fifth. And, and that is the government standard that they say is, is what kids need. Minimum is an hour of exercise every day. And only one in five are getting that. And the figure is even worse for girls. It's only between 12 and 14% of girls are getting an hour of exercise a day. And why? Because they're on their screens. Um, I mean, there are there are other reasons that compound that, but I think the main reason is because of the, the influence of screens on their life. What about the impact that screens have on the family? This statistic is really, really upsetting, okay? So for children under 14, they are spending an average of 23 hours on their smartphones and other devices. That is twice as much time as they spend talking to their parents. So they spend three hours and 18 minutes on average on their personal devices. By contrast, they spend only one hour and 43 minutes talking and conversing with their parents. So then the question is, in that situation, who is really raising that child? Is it their parents or is it that device in their hand? Who has the more influence on them, that device or their parents? And as I said, that those statistics are shocking. But I think in the US, they're even more, more, um, astonishing and more and more worrying so those are the negatives okay we've got the negatives out of the way and there's so many more I've just touched the surface if you want to know more about things like that go to that coordinating blog post and um, there's links there to all the research that I've just mentioned there's recommended reading books and stuff like that if you want to read more let's talk about positive positive uses of technology because as I mentioned at the beginning I do use screens and I do allow my children to use screens I think as a homeschooler, um, screens have screens can have a very positive effect in the home. Um, for one thing, I don't think homeschooling would be possible for most families without technology. Um, it makes homeschooling much more affordable, especially for people on a tight budget. You can access courses online, tutors online for a fraction of the price. Um, you can get programs online for subjects that you're not comfortable teaching yourself. Maybe that's maths. Maybe that's a foreign language. You know, that would be, I don't know, twice, four times the price if you were to actually bring a tutor to your home or take your child to a class outside of the home. So it makes homeschooling much more affordable. Um, yes, Hina, I will share that blog post later on. It'll be published in about an hour after this live goes, uh, after we finish this live, the blog post will be then published because I have to embed this video into that. So if you give me about an hour, then I'll give you that blog post link, inshallah. So yeah, so homeschooling becomes a lot more um, a lot more affordable when you have technology. Also, there are books that you can read online for free. Um, and I did a whole blog post about that. It was called 50 plus free resources every homeschooler should know about. And there's loads of free stuff on there. If you want to check that out, just Google it. Our Muslim Homeschool, 50 plus free resources. So yeah, so that makes it more affordable. Other reasons that we use it. In our home, again, we would never be able to go, be able to afford to go to see Shakespeare plays. We would never be able to afford to go to other kind of theatre productions. Um, you know, four kids, one or two adults, it's just not in our budget. Um, and also with a baby, it's 
practically impossible. But we, my, my children do use Amazon Prime to watch Shakespeare plays, to watch nature documentaries. I mean, we couldn't afford to go whale watching, but the kids can watch documentaries about whales on the TV or gorillas or anything. Even to go to the zoo is very expensive with, you know, with four children. It's uh, something we haven't done for years, but they can have access to um, those nature documentaries and learn about animals in that way. So it makes homeschooling easier. It makes homeschooling more affordable. We use reading eggs um, for the younger kids. And I, don't, I, I highly recommend it. One of the reasons I recommend it is that I can see how fast my children's progress is with it. For me to teach the same thing to my kids um, would take so much longer and so much effort on my part. It would take my daughter a lot longer to learn but on reading eggs, she learns it like that. She learns it so quickly and it, it just helps progress so much quicker. Um, so I do recommend reading eggs. I do recommend other online programs like um, CTC Math. We use that with the older children for maths. So there are positive uses for technology. Um, and there was a study done in Australia, Griffith University in Queensland, and they found a positive correlation between the use of tablets and um, the emergent readers, so children who are learning to read, they found a positive correlation when a child learns to read using a tablet or a game on the tablet, they found that it was helpful, that it was a good thing. So that research goes against what we've heard before. I think also technology is a great way for children to get creative. You know, there are games out there where they can build and create and draw. Even Minecraft, even though it gets a lot of uh, negative press, it does promote creativity. Now, could you do all these things without technology? Yes, you definitely, definitely could do all of those things without technology. But you can still use technology in your home. And it's a way of enriching your children's learning experience. Um, coding is another one. You know, children can learn coding online. What I would say, though, is some people say, OK, if we don't let our kids have any screen because of the dangers of it, they're going to be behind they're going to fall behind. You know, the world has become uh, so technologically driven that if we don't give them access to screens, if we don't teach them how to code, if we don't teach them how to type, they're going to get behind. Another study was done that shows that children who had not had access to screens um, were given a program and they were compared to people, to kids who had used that program previously. And you know how long it took them to catch up? Just five days five days compared to children who had been using technology for years five days so i don't think that that argument should worry you your children can easily catch up when they need to catch up with technology um, so don't worry too much about that now there was a time when my children were small and i we had no screen in our home we did not allow the kids to watch any screen tablets computer tv anything but then i had another baby and some of you might be able to relate to this. I was in a really busy season of life. It was really stressful. I was exhausted. And so I did use those screens as a babysitter. I let my children watch screens to occupy themselves so that I could take a shower, so that I could have a cup of tea, so that I could lie down for a little bit. And honestly, if you're in that situation, I think it's okay. I think that you're mental health and well-being is far more important um, than any possible threat that these screens might have. But you should also know that it's only for a time. You can't get away with that forever. You can't let screens uh, babysit your children forever because there will come a time when your kids are perfectly capable of entertaining themselves. They don't need a screen to entertain them. They don't need you to entertain them. They can busy themselves with playing or coloring or whatever it is your kids like to do. But if you're isolated and you don't have people to help you or you don't have enough help, I think it's okay to put a screen on for your child so you can take a shower, so you can, you know, have a rest and recuperate and recover and come back to your family refreshed. I think that's okay. And I don't want you to feel guilty about that. But at the same time, know that it shouldn't be forever, that you need to find alternatives um, for the future. You know, and as I said, I did use screens that way. I did use screens that way, especially at the beginning, because if, I don't know if you felt like this, but baby one and baby two was so much harder 
than baby three and four. You know, now I'm able to cope better. I do not use the TV as a babysitter anymore most of the time. Um, I'm better at, you know, keeping the house and, and just everything, motherhood, everything is much easier now. But back then when it was all new, motherhood was new, everything was new, it was stressful, I did use the screens. Um, and baby one and two, if you're in that situation, it is hard when you're a new mom. It's so hard. So this is, all of this is not coming from a place of judgment. I, all those statistics, everything I put out there, I hope that you can see that I'm in the thick of it with you and I've been through it all. Um, I also think we need to point out something that many of you are not going to want to hear. And that is that most of us, whether we want to admit it or not, struggle with our own relationship with smartphones and technology. Many of us feel an anxiety if there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Many of us feel an anxiety if we, we can't check our phones. Many of us might even admit that we're addicted to our phones. And, and a lot of us can't even imagine coming home and spending an evening not watching the TV. I mean, what would you do if you didn't put the TV on? And that is the reality of the modern world we live in. But the most effective way that you can reduce your, the, the hold that technology has on your child is to tackle your own addiction first, to be the model, to be the example to them. Uh, it's something that I do constantly is I'm constantly checking myself. How long have I spent on social media today? How long has I been using the screen today? I don't like my kids to see me using the screens. Um, and I'm always vigilant about that because technology has been designed to bring us in, to draw us in, that we spend as much time as possible on it because of course that's how they make money. Um, so, you know, the best way, first and foremost, is to tackle your own addiction to technology, to smartphones. And the, the prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said, indeed, each of you is a shepherd and each of you will be questioned regarding his flock. Um, you will be questioned about the, the way you raise your children. You will be questioned about what you modeled to your children. And that is huge. It's terrifying, isn't it? That our children are watching and they're learning not only from what we say, but the way we behave and what we show and the way we show them what is important, you know? Um, and for us, you know, the, the people watching here today, I know that you are mothers who invest so much in your children, that you are so devoted to them. Surely that we together can do this for our kids. So as I was preparing this session and I was reading all those statistics, honestly, I started thinking more and more about my own situation and how much I use technology and what I allow my kids to watch and do on screens. And I honestly think I'm going to even get stricter because those statistics have scared me. And making this episode has really helped me tremendously to make that decision. If I compare my children, okay, so uh, during the week, I'll share this with you. During the week, they have no screen. They are not allowed screen almost at all, unless it's very, caref very carefully chosen to do something with their schoolwork. So if we have a nature documentary or um, my son's doing some kind of course online, then maybe. But otherwise, during the week, they have no screen at all. Then on the weekend, we're more liberal and we let them use their screens. And you know, the difference I've seen is like day and night, okay? During the week, they play together, they joke, they create things, they're out in the garden building dens, they write stories for fun, poetry, they compose little songs, they do artwork, um, and they just play and they, they are kids, you know, and it's beautiful to watch. And then on the weekend, the screens come out. And you know what I see? Nothing, no, nothing. They hardly speak to one another. They hardly talk when their screens are on. They de definitely don't get creative and play with one another. Um, and seeing that research and, and sharing that with you has just like really reinforced to me that I want to take further steps to minimize how much screen they have. They will still have access to screen, but I'm going to get even stricter, guys. Um, so what I want to talk about now, very briefly, because I think time is ticking. So what I want to talk about is eight ways, <laughs> eight ways that you can encourage your children to have a healthy relationship with technology. So we've already talked about your example. So these are another additional eight ways. Before you take away their screens, I want you to talk to your children. 
you know, show them some respect, no matter how old they are, discuss this with them and why you're making this decision. You can't just say to them, okay, no screen today. And they'll say, but why? And you say, because it's bad for you. Because I said so. You know what that will do? That will just create tension between you and your children. And it might even make them want it even more. And you'll have to deal with whinging and whining and all of that kind of stuff. Instead, I want you to discuss with them why you're doing this. Get them on board with the decision. Help them to think of this as they're part of this journey with you. uh, And you're doing this together and you'll get their cooperation much more readily. Um, You know, to just expect them not to be able to look at their screens because you said so is not fair. You know the the feeling you have when you want to check your phone, that anxiety you feel when you you can't have access to your Wi-Fi. So imagine that in a child who hasn't learned that kind of self-control yet. Um, So do it with compassion and, and understanding and talk to them. Set boundaries. So as I mentioned, from my home, we have limitations on the time and the day that they can use screens. Um, So you might also want to um, limit what sites they go on. We have have an app called Mobby Kip. Mobby Kip? Yes. M-O-B-I-C-I-P. I've left the link with the Facebook video and the, the link for that is on the coordinating blog post. Basically what it is is you get to control their screen time from your account. And it works for all the kids for multiple devices. So you set which sites they can use, um, which apps they can use. You can even set keywords. So for example, if you've got a kid who's going through a phase where they're really confused about Christmas, right? They don't understand why, why don't we celebrate Christmas? You can actually type in Christmas and they won't see any videos about Christmas. They won't see any games or, or websites about Christmas. So that can be really useful. Um, and you can set times as well using that that app as well. So if you just want to set it for the weekend, if you just want to set it from five till uh, six in the evening, whatever it is. Um, so it's really useful. And because it's coming from an app, from because the app is saying, okay, screen time's over or, or you can't get onto this app today. It's almost easier on you because nobody's coming to you, making you feel guilty. Um, the app says it, the, the screen says no more screen type and then it's done. Uh, I really like that about that. So that's called Mobby Kip, if you want to check that out. Um, you could use a reward system. Um, you could use tokens or stars. And what this does is, instead of screen time becoming an expectation, um, screen time becomes a reward. So you could say, you know, you get five tokens, you can have 15 minutes of screen time. Or whatever, you know, five stars, you can have 10 minutes of screen time, however you want to work it. Um and so, like I say, it, it makes screen um, a reward rather than just a normal expectation of everyday life. You could give your tokens out for chores, for saying their prayers, um, for if, you know helping around the house, for doing the homework, however you want to use it. Um, we do tallies. We do tallies on a chart, um, on, on a blackboard in our kitchen. So that's how we do it. Um, I would say as well, and this has become increasingly common, is... Reduce the number of devices in your home. Really, do you need to have a TV in every room in your house? Do every single one of your kids need a tablet or a phone? If you reduce the number of screens in your home, you reduce the temptation. In our home, we have one area, which is, it's back there. (laughs) We have one area where all the screens are kept, where the screens are, where all the tablets are charged, where there's one TV, and that's it. And that is where screens are consumed. We don't have any other rooms in the house um, where there are screens. That's the area. That's our screen area. And it really minimizes how much kids are tempted to use screens. If they're going from room to room and seeing a TV to switch on or a tablet on the side, it really does affect them. It really does increase their desire to want to switch that on. So think about reducing the number of devices in your home. And there are studies as well that show that children who have TVs in their bedroom um, suffer much more dramatically from all of those statistics that I mentioned, you know, less reading, um, an increase in in mental health issues, all of those kinds of things. Uh, Another one which has worked well for us as well is encourage hobbies. So instead of your children spending the weekend watching TV, try to encourage them to have other interests. That might mean you buy them a new football, buy them some new art supplies, take them out of the house and introduce them to maybe an interest that you already have. Um, get them to a sports class, just try to slowly encourage them to look outside, introduce them to the outside world and see what other interests they can have uh, and encourage that as much as you possibly can. 
Another one is be more sociable. So in the evening, instead of switching on the TV or all scrolling through your phones, think about inviting people over. Open up your house to guests. That might be family, cousins, invite their cousins over. Um, invite, you know, have a larger family gathering, invite their friends over. When the friends are there, when the families are there, do not allow screens on. And I think that's pretty common. Most people have that rule that when family and friends are visiting, we don't sit and watch TV all day. Um, and I think that can be really, really helpful. And also, you know, your children are benefiting. They're making friends. They're getting closer bonds with their family. So if on the weekend you usually spend Sunday afternoon watching TV, you maybe this afternoon you were planning on watching TV all afternoon. Maybe instead, why don't you ring up one of your relatives and ask them to pop over for a cup of tea? Um, or one of your, your children's friends, ask them if they're free and they can come round and play. So much more beneficial than a screen. Um, consider using audiobooks. I you know I'm big on audiobooks, I love them. <laughs> so we use Audible and we use Quantum Chronicle. I've left the link for those in the coordinating blog post and with this Facebook video as well if you want to check them out. So in the evenings, instead of putting your screen on, put on an audiobook and listen to a story together. In the car, maybe you've got a really long journey. Instead of all ha like handing out screens to the kids in the back, put on an audiobook and have everyone listen to a story together. Um, you know, we invest so much in our children, and these are really simple, simple ways that you can turn things around for your children. Um, I know that you guys are willing to do difficult things for their sake, and I don't think those steps are particularly hard. Do you? Um, they're all written out in that coordinating blog post. If you missed any, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, they're all written out for you and I'll put that blog post out later. So I want to challenge you now. I want to challenge you guys every, every episode to try and give you a challenge. So this week's challenge, I want you to at least notice how much screen time are your children actually getting? You might think, oh, they don't, they don't watch that much. But 20 minutes there, 30 minutes there, it adds up. So try and notice today. How much screen time in minutes? How much are they actually watching? And how much, how beneficial would it have been if they'd spent that doing something else? And consider alternatives to screen time, those eight things that I mentioned. Um, and remember those shocking stats that we went through at the beginning. So if you have questions, pop it all in now, type them in for me. There's a bit of a lag, I think, between um, when you type them and when I see them. So get them typed up as quick as you can. I'll start scrolling in a minute, but I just want to remind you again that I've got some homeschooling courses that are coming out in a couple of months. If you want to be notified about them, the course content, if you want to get that early bird discount, um, you want to get on my mailing list. Uh, I, I've put a link for that for Instagrammers. Go to the link in my bio and it'll say upcoming courses. You click there, type in your email address, and then when there's more information about those courses, I'll send you an email. It's no obligation, nothing. It's just so you get the information, you don't miss anything. And for Facebook watchers and YouTubers, um, that link is with this video. Uh, you just click on that and enter your email address. And I got hundreds last week. It's so exciting. More than 400 of you said you would be interested in a course from me about homeschooling, about how to start your homeschool, about switching your homeschool to a more Charlotte Mason approach. And that's so exciting to me. So if you are one of them, please put your email into that, uh, into that form for me. Um, and again, I would like to thank the sponsors of this video, wordunited.com. Thank you so much, guys, for sponsoring yet another episode. Do check out their website, wordunited.com, and they've got that discount code, all lowercase, WU4, the number, home ed. And that'll give you, was it 10% off? I think 10% off every time you order. Right, let me have a look and see if we've got any comments on Facebook. Um, so, Um Baraka has asked, at what age did you start homeschooling and what philosophy, philosophy do you follow regarding your homeschooling? That's a great question. Thank you for asking. So, uh, we, I mean, technically we started homeschooling when my eldest was four when he was supposed to go to school. But actually, if I reflect back on it, we've been homeschooling since they were born, really. The way that we live, um, we've always been homeschooling. We've always been home educating them. Me and my husband have taken a very proactive role in their education. 
Um, and so homeschooling came very naturally to us. It was a very easy decision. But technically, right from the start, from when they were four and they were supposed to go to school, um, I put my son's name down for a school and then I had second thoughts and took his name off. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and which philosophy we follow? A Charlotte Mason philosophy of education in our homeschool. Um, if you'd like to know more about that, let me know. Um, I, can, I can do an episode about why Charlotte Mason, why I chose that and the benefits of it. If you're interested, let me know. Oh, Emma, welcome, salam. I'm glad you're here. Kurat, you've joined us again. Um, Jabir. Um, okay, so she's asking why block a topic that they're interested about, like Christmas. I didn't mean interested in in a positive way. I mean interested in in a negative way. So if they see, and I mentioned Christmas because there are some kids who really do get confused. Why maybe their friends at school or maybe other people they know get presents at Christmas and they don't get presents. And you've tried to explain to them, but the outside world just bombards them with, you know, messaging about Christmas and how great Christmas is. And you've tried your best. If that's the issue, then you can just block those uh, sites and those videos that mention Christmas uh, and just make life a little easier on yourself until they get a bit mature, uh, a bit more mature. And, you know, you can explain again to them until they're able to, to deal with that. Um and so, I mean, that applies to anything. You know, if your child's become a bit obsessed with something negative, like Minecraft, you might want to block that out as well from their iPad so they can't keep watching Minecraft videos or playing Minecraft uh, just for a time. You know, however you want to use... So the app was called Mobby Kip. Um, uh, it's a good one. It's a really good one. Um, somebody said they could be, they'd be interested in the course. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Zara. So please let me know. Uh, give me your email. So click on that link that says uh, find out about upcoming courses above this video and then you can be, you'll be put on the mailing list and I will send you info when it's ready. Can you recommend documentaries for kids aged nine and five? So I have a child who's nine and five and I think honestly they both respond better to different documentaries. So my nine-year-old responds really well to anything David Attenborough. We recently watched The Seven Worlds. Have any of you guys watched that? Um, it's, uh, it's brilliant. Seven Worlds by David Attenborough. It's a BBC documentary. So well done. So beautiful. Um, really enjoyed that. He learned a ton and it, it sparked his interest to learn more and to open up his books, open up his atlas and find where these places are in the world. So technology can do things like that. For your five-year-old, it's a bit trickier. Um, I, my daughter likes something on BBC called Down on the Farm. Have you guys heard of that one? So it's just basically the the presenters go to different farms and they show different farm animals and different farming techniques and they encourage healthy eating. So that's a nice one as well. Okay, I'm going to check out Instagram now. Let me just close this. Right. Um, wow, we've got a lot of things going on on Instagram. That's awesome. Okay. I'm just scrolling through. I know it's a bit boring for you to watch me do this. Someone said that they needed help with this and they're grateful. So I appreciate that. Thank you. What is the website called? I'm not sure which website you mean. My website is ourmuslimhomeschool.com. Welcome, Salam Nalia. Thank you for coming. Uh, Samia, welcome, Salam. Samira, awesome. Okay. Oh, Salam Alaikum, Susan, Dawn. Oh, welcome, Salam Dawn. Ah, Eva, you're here too. Oh, so good. So good to have friends on here. Right. Um, it is hard to see questions. Okay. So somebody said that we don't have a TV, but cast certain programs and films outside of the house and would think, and would you think my kids, oh, you'd never think my kids had seen a TV or phone before. All right. Well, that's awesome. If that works for you, then that's really good. You know, I think there are a lot of families who do not have a TV in their home and it works very effectively. Um, and, you know, looking back, maybe we should have done that. Maybe, you know, that should have been the way we went. So if you do not have a child yet, or if you have just a baby, it might be worth considering going screen free. It might be worth considering getting rid of that TV so the temptation is out of the house. Uh, I do know a lot of families who do that and it's worked very, very well for them. Um, so it might be worth considering. Okay, so somebody's mentioning that 
uh, I think I think she's saying that her her own addiction to her screen and to her smartphone is um, is getting progressively worse. Oh no, her children. Okay, so somebody's mentioning here on Instagram that her children's addiction to screens is getting progressively worse, and they and she feels it's because they always see her on her phone or her husband on her laptop. And their curiosity has just developed and grown. And I think that is definitely something worth considering. It's something I'm very aware of, um, that that my children see me on this laptop, on my blog, on my phone, on Instagram and Facebook and doing these podcasts. And they think there's something in that, that they want to be a part of that. And so it's a difficult one. It's a really tough, tough one. And I, I try to minimize how much my children see me using screens. And when I do use screens, I use them for the business Um and not for entertainment purposes. I can't even remember really the last time I watched TV and watched a movie. It's just not something that I do anymore. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> um, okay. So if some people are really shocked by the statistics. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to scroll right down to the bottom to try and find some of these questions because I know that they're coming on. So my kids get glued to the screen so much that they just get addicted. How do I overcome this? You have to talk to them, explain why you're concerned that they're watching too much TV and switch it off. And you have to be um, consistent with that. You know, if you're going to allow them to have one hour of screen a day, then you allow them just one hour of screen a day. Don't be tempted to let it run over so you can have just that one extra cup of tea. Be consistent um, with that one hour and your children will benefit from it or be consistent in saying no more screen that's it we're done um, it's like with all discipline issues it's about consistency um, somebody's mentioning that the son has become very aggressive it might be something to do with screen time there is there is a link between especially video games and, and being children becoming aggressive you know something I read I'm going off topic a little bit but it's really interesting you know because when you look at a screen you don't know that the pixels in that screen are constantly changing. They're constantly fluttering between different colors. I'm, I'm so sorry. Can you hear that storm outside? It's bashing at the window. So the, the pixels are constantly changing and fluttering. And your brain and your eyes and the nerve at the back of your eye is perceiving that fluttering and that changing, even though you don't, are not consciously aware of it. So your brain goes into a sense, into the state of agitation, of irritation and fatigue. And that might be something... To, that might explain why your, your son is getting aggressive after screen time, because his brain is going into a state of agitation when he's exposed physically to the screen. Um, another really interesting statistic, I'm going off track a lot here, but, you know, e-readers, like the Kindle and, and those kinds of things, they can be really useful for getting children who don't like to read to start reading. But I would not recommend that you continue to use them. Because studies have shown that if you read from a Kindle or an e-reader of any sort, you have a lower comprehension of that material than if you were to read from an actual book. So if you test a child who's read a story from an actual physical book and you compare him to somebody who's read that story on an e-reader, that child who read it from an e-reader has a lower comprehension, a lower understanding of the material. Uh, and so that is definitely worth considering as well when you let your children learn from screens. Um, Oh, welcome, Salam, Janine. It's okay. So glad you joined us. You can always watch the replay later on. Um, someone's considering using a projector. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, have I joined a co-op? No, my kids are not part of a co-op. Uh, that's not something that we actually have around here. Um, I think when they were younger, we did set up a group uh, where we would meet more regularly. But at the moment, there's nothing really going on here. If you're in the US, I, I understand there's quite a lot of co-ops. Uh, that's quite a common thing. Um, okay, my children, how old are they? They are nine, seven, five, and three months old. Welcome, Salam, Brigitte. Okay, so the app was called MobiKip, M-O-B-I-C-I-P. Um, and you can find the link for that on the blog post or here on Facebook, I put it there for you. So someone said they'd like to know more about Charlotte Mason. Okay, inshallah, maybe I could do something for you. Right, okay, I think I'm just going to end it there because... There's loads of questions coming in. And what I want to tell you is next week, next week's episode is actually going to be a live Q&A. So if you've got questions, don't worry about it. We can deal with them next week. 
Um, on the coordinating blog post, I would have put a little form at the bottom. So when you go over to that blog post in an hour's time, there's going to be a form there. And you can leave me all your questions there and it's anonymous. Because I know that a lot of you watching don't feel comfortable um, just asking questions that are very personal. But this is completely anonymous. You can ask what you need to ask. No one will know who you are. Um, and I'll, inshallah, I will get through as many of those questions as I can. Also, during the week, maybe Wednesday, um, I will, on Instagram and Facebook, I'll put a post up, a call for questions, and you can leave your questions under that post. Um, welcome, Salam, Cassia. So, yes, so that's what's happening next week. So we've got the live Q&A. So that's next Sunday, 10 a.m., on Facebook and on Instagram, I'll be answering your questions live. And then that is going to wrap up this season of episodes. Uh, that will be the 10th episode that I have done for a little while. Um, it'll be episode number 20. And then I'm going to take a break. And I'm going to work on that course that I was telling you about. I'm going to make those videos, create the content, create the handouts and all of that. So I'm going to take a little break. So next week's episode will be the last one. So you don't want to miss that. I'm really looking forward to that. I love the Q&A sessions. Um, so yes. Thank you so much to all of you who joined me live. You know, I really appreciate that. It says a lot about you and I, I love this interaction. I love this connections that we make. I really appreciate those of you who join regularly as well. I do see you. I see those same names popping up and um, it's awesome. It's great to connect with you guys. So yeah, I will see you again next week, 10 a.m. on Sunday for that live Q&A. Leave your questions on the coordinating blog post or wait for Wednesday and come back onto Facebook and Instagram and pop them under that post. Um, and don't forget to put your email down on my mailing list for the upcoming courses. Thank you again to Word United for sponsoring this video, and I will see you next Sunday. Assalamu alaikum.